Jesus said, Let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works, and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Every good endeavor is a gift from God. Here on Faith Marketplace Radio, you'll be inspired, equipped, and encouraged in your work as you hear business leaders share how their faith impacts their work. Joining us every Saturday at noon on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. For Faith Marketplace Radio, here are your hosts, Bob Lambert and Jennifer Villarreal. Hey, good Saturday morning, Chicagoland and all over the world, because we're beaming out all over the world here on YLL's uh, app that you can download, AM 1160, here at Faith Marketplace Radio every Saturday noon to 1 o'clock. My wonderful co-host, Jennifer Villarreal, is absent again today. You know, I, I don't know what's going on with her, but i got to wing this on my own, so please forgive me if I screw up anything, you know. But but my, my guest is going to prop me up here, because this is a guy, i got to tell you, when you talk about... The law in Jesus, he is the man, nationwide, worldwide. But I am privileged to say we have John Mock in studio today with Mock and Baker. He's also a, the host of a show that's on every day here uh, from at 2 p.m. and 6.30 called Lawyers for Jesus. And we had the privilege of being on John's show, Lawyers for Jesus show, back in July, uh, Jennifer and I. So... Well, welcome, John. Well, that's right. Uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> well, I, I, I hope so. <laughs> you know, he, uh, if you don't know John, in internationally, John is well-known. He's known absolutely nationally. He's been in law for a long time. But we're going to get a little bit of his story. So why don't you give us a little bit of your story of your testimony, John? Well, you started out saying I was this, this great Christian lawyer. But yeah. I want to I start with him. Okay. Because... The greatest Christian lawyer, and, and this is going to surprise a lot of people, yeah. is Yeshua HaMashiach, okay. Jesus the Messiah. Right. He is the wonderful counselor described in Isaiah 9-6, son of God, mighty God, child given. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the wonderful counselor can be translated awesome lawyer. Is that right? That wow. is absolutely right. Wow. He's the counselor, and Isaiah uses that word to mean lawyer. Pele Ya'at, wonderful counselor or awesome lawyer. And we see Jesus functioning as a lawyer as we read the scriptures about him. And as a law professor, he's a teacher of the law. Mm -hmm. He's not just a healer. He's a teacher of the law. How how does law regulate our lives? How does God give the law? Mm -hmm. And we see the other... Rabbis, and by the way, rabbi, rabbi right. does not mean leader of a synagogue when we read it in the scriptures. It means teacher, teacher right. of the law. Ah. And the other teachers of the law or law professors are coming to him all the time saying, is it legal to divorce a, a, a woman for any and every reason? Or why are your disciples uh, picking grain on the Sabbath? And he's explaining, well, Get your legal priorities right. The Sabbath is uh-huh. made for man, not for man to be under it. So uh, actually, I wrote a book called Jesus in the Courtroom mm-hmm. that helps people understand that he's not only the lawgiver, the source of law, but the teacher of law, the coach of law. He operates in the courtroom. He wants to be there and be a part of all that and teach us just as much as he wants to be a healer. Now, you know him as a great physician. Most right. most churches do, and they have healing ministries or pray for healing and stuff. And, and what God's been revealing to me in the last couple of years and in writing this book is he has an aspect 
of being a law professor and teacher of the law and lawyer. Look mm -hmm. at the woman caught in adultery. Yep. Who, who defended her? Yes, exactly. You know, John, I, I knew this was going to be a great interview right out the gate because, boy, you guys better strap it on today because this, this gentleman is going to bring it today. Uh, why don't you give us a little background, John? Did you, you just start out in a Christian home? Grow up there? Well, a nominal. Okay. A nominal. Um, my grandparents were Christians. I uh, mm -hmm. didn't have too much interaction with them. My parents uh, went to church occasionally. Okay. They thought it was a good idea, but... Uh, uh, they weren't really believers. Okay. And uh, fortunately, my my mother sent me to a vacation Bible school when I was about five years old. Wow. In Edina, Minnesota, to get me out of her hair, <laughs> I assume. Uh, so I, I went to this uh, vacation Bible school at a, at a little Lutheran church in the suburbs there, and I was sat at a little table. And I asked Jesus into my life, and I remember wow. that, and I remember how powerful it was. Wow. I had to tell him I was sorry for the things I'd done wrong, and I was old enough to realize that I had. And he came and forgave me and, and gave me a new life. And wow. Now, I grew up then with a personal relationship with Jesus, but not with too much understanding of right. who he was because we didn't go to church that much or I didn't get education on top of it. So maybe I was like some of these people in the third world, they get saved and they're right. real, but they don't have a Bible. And you were really a baby Christian for quite a while. <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 that's the truth. Yeah. So when did, when did it really come together for you that you really got it that Jesus was Lord and Savior for you? Well, I went through a lot of intellectual searching ah. after, after high school and, and, okay. and into college and, and with friends who were agnostic and taking philosophy classes and and uh, intellectually searching at Yale University with a lot of intellectual ferment, right? but not too many Christians, mm -hmm. but enough to raise the question. Because we used to have guys come around well, at the dining hall, we called them derisively the God Squad. The God Squad. I love it. And, and they would come and talk to you about Jesus. Uh, really? If you wanted. Yeah, if you wanted. They were, okay. they were um, looking back, uh, courageous and not pushy, but yeah. people didn't like it. And, yeah. and now I know because the light is a threat. Right. But I was curious. It planted the seed to me saying, mm -hmm. well, I, I knew Jesus at one time, I thought. Mm-hmm. But now I don't think he was God. I don't. I think maybe he was a great philosopher, or maybe he was a fellow searcher after the truth. But there's these people around who seem to have a heart and a, a commitment that they're willing to take all this heat. Wow! Saying he's the way. Mm -hmm. So that that paved the way. And then when I got to law school, uh, I got emptier. I thought mm -hmm. I'd get more answers because there'd be more of a focus on intellectual things, and mm -hmm. actually there wasn't. Hmm. I mean, the focus was on the tax code. Right. It, it wasn't on the big questions right. like you would ask in college. Mm -hmm. And so I started reading the Bible. Right. I said, boy, I ought to at least read it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the basis of Western civilization. And uh, uh, so I challenged myself. And then when I started reading it, uh, God really started working. I, you know, I opened to Genesis 1. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
I read uh, page by page, and <laughs> I got to uh, Genesis 22, where where Abraham offers his own son up, yeah, as a sacrifice, and God stops him at the last minute after Abraham has told his son that God Himself will provide the sacrifice. Well, this is stunning, powerful evidence. I knew enough to know, gee, that could be Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so I started watching Christian TV. All you know, this is dangerous stuff. <laughs> <laughs> this is in your twenties. Yeah, that's yeah, when it all yeah, yeah. Uh, one or two years out of law school. Okay. And uh, and uh, reading the Bible. Where did you go to law school, John? Uh, University of Chicago. Okay. Right. So you're are you a Chicagoan? Are you from here? Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Highland Park, Illinois. Yeah. So what was Minnesota all about then? What were you doing up there? They just no. sent you up there from here? <laughs> <laughs> she really wanted me out of her hair. <laughs> I guess, man. Get you out of the state, you know? No, that's where that's where we were living when I was five years old. I see. Uh, my, okay. my parents moved around a bit, but uh, went to high school in Highland Park and okay, and um, law school, University of Chicago, and mm-hmm. then the reading scripture and uh, listening to evangelists on Christian TV mm-hmm. eventually convinced me that everybody in the world was a sinner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even <Everybody>. even my wife. <laughs> I isolated myself, and yep. then intellectually, I didn't feel like a sinner, but intellectually, I realized, you know, if people are throwing bombs and lying to each other and all the things that I see around, maybe I'm a sinner too. Yeah. And it was by that conviction that I connected with Jesus as the Messiah, that I needed the Savior. And that's, that's when I gave, made an adult decision. Right. And, and when I did, Bob, it was like, wow, my experience from Minnesota, five years old, came all flooding back to me. Wow, wow. And it was like going to a high school reunion where you hadn't seen somebody for 20 years or 30 years, and then you have this flood of memories that come back when you see your old friend and I, I, I blurted out to Jesus, I'm sorry I've been away so long. It's so great to see you. <laughs> so you had probably been away from him about 20 years. You were about 25 at the time, you think? Uh, well, uh, well, school, well, you about there, uh, uh, yeah, five or six years in, mm-hmm. in, in rebellion. I, I yeah. had a nominal relationship during high school. And well, John... Welcome aboard. All right. Most of us did, you know. I mean, I, you know, I have a lot of guests on the show, and, and we hear their testimony, and a lot of them will share with us that it wasn't until they came into adulthood or early late twenty, early thirties, or starting a family that really occurred to them or what happened. And we've had some pretty dramatic ones that have been on the show, you know, as far as how they came to the Lord. So yeah, God has these different paths for all of us that we yep. might encourage each other and. Yep. I guess not be judgmental. I, I I have a problem with people say I've been a Christian my whole life, but uh-huh. you know I'm glad for them. Yeah, and I, and that is some some sense of help. But I I love the testimonies of how God leads people, and then they they turn away, and then they come back, and wow. Hey, well, listen, you guys stay tuned out there. We're going to be bringing John back again, and we want you to know that he's got some giveaways today for everybody today that texts us at 224-404-1988 and the keyword lawyer 
Uh, John is giving away the ch- uh, church legal checklist, so you really want to stay tuned to hear. We're going to hear more about that, and also also some of the books that John has written and uh, his perspective on what's going on in this country legally. We're going to be right back with John Mock. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with my special guest, John Mock, with the uh, Mock & Baker uh, Law Firm here in Chicago. Uh, and you can hear them every week, every day, here on AM 1160 at 2 p.m. and also at 6.30 p.m. on the show Lawyers for Jesus. And, John, this goes back a ways with your firm. You're just sharing with me that you've had this firm uh, as positioned as Christian lawyers for about 30 years, right? And what's yes. such on that path? What happened that you decided to make that turn you know, in your law practice? Well, I'd, uh, I'd become a believer uh, mm-hmm. a couple of years into practice of law, or I had recommitted my life to, right. to Jesus. And then I began to walk through that. What does that mean? How can I serve God? And I interacted. I was with a f- firm that had a couple Christian lawyers. It was a pretty large firm, but... Uh, uh, that wasn't working out, and I wanted to get into real estate development. So, uh, in, in many legal careers, you're, you you hop around, and I did mm-hmm. real estate development and went into practice with a non-believer, and we were pretty successful developing real estate and, and doing uh, legal legal work at the same time. Continued to grow, and I was in a church, mm-hmm. and I met a missionary. Mm-hmm. Called Jan Moskowitz, that some of our listeners may have known. With Juice for Jesus, he's mm-hmm. been uh, stationed here in Chicago for many years. Right, and uh, I had led a man, a lawyer, mm-hmm. to Jesus. The first mm-hmm. person I'd ever introduced directly to Jesus saw him get saved, and I wondered what what should I do. So I uh, I said, Well, Nick, let's study the Bible together. Wow. And so we were meeting, this other lawyer and I, for a couple of weeks, uh, once a week, to read the book of Luke. And then my secretary joined in. And then I met Jan, and I invited him, why don't you come to Bible study? And, and uh, you could guess what happened. <laughs> Here I am as, as, as sort of an ignorant new believer trying to teach the Scripture, but I've got this this learned, uh, spirit-filled missionary right. there uh, listening to me. And every time I couldn't figure out what Luke, <laughs> Luke was saying, he would explain it. And it only took me about two weeks to get through this thick skull. I, I turned to Jan and said, Jan, you know this stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> would you like to teach the study? And he said, uh, in typical fashion, I was only waiting for you to figure that out, John. <laughs> He said, I'd be happy to. I'd, I'd like to start a Bible study here in the loop where people can uh, come and learn the word and I can make some contacts with Jewish lawyers mm-hmm. and the Jewish community. And this would be a foothold and and I'll teach it. And little did I know that that Bible study's almost 40 years old. Wow. It's still going. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. And how many members do you have in that Bible study? Well, it, it, it's, it it's varied, yeah. and right now it's running about a dozen, mm-hmm. but uh, hundreds and hundreds of people have gone through the Bible study for you know three months or two, yeah. two years, right. 10 years. It's a couple people have been coming for 15, 20 years. The past, wow. pastor, missionary, teacher, mm-hmm. 
Moskowitz has gone to be with Jesus. Yep. But the uh, the teaching that he's inspired uh, c- continues, and that's 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 fun. It's edifying, and uh, yeah, that's awesome. I, you know, obviously, uh, the firm itself, as you said, that you have all believe pretty much believers in the firm, right? And that's really yeah, um, the foundational um, practice for you guys. Well, among the lawyers, among the lawyers, we came. We okay. came I came to a realization that I couldn't serve God ethically in partnership with a non-believer asking him to use resources to support my evangelism when he didn't mm-hmm. he didn't agree with that right premise or taking a risk right. or a step of faith serving god right that might affect him mm-hmm. and and so uh we parted ways amicably and uh I said from now on we're just going to link together with other believers so that we can put God first. And when I did that, we started seeing all sorts of uh, success and challenges from from God. But it really seemed to me that that was uh, pleasing to God. Be, be not unequally yoked together. Most people interpret that as a marriage uh, right, issue. Right, exactly, but it's business, yeah. yeah, yeah. We talked about that on your show, too. As, as that. You know, uh, you had to be one of the pioneers in this, didn't you, John? Were there other law firms that were doing this? Uh, there always have been. Okay. Uh, but I, I don't know the, the, the categories. I've run across uh, some smaller firms in the South where they say, well, we're all believers. Right. Um, they may not have the same... Intention. But I mean, here in Chicago, you oh yeah, you've led no, the way it, with, your it, practice has led the way with that, right? Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's why I was saying. And also, you were president of the Christian Legal Society for a period of time too. Weren't you? I was on the board of directors. Oh, board. Okay, they didn't press you into service being the president. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were wise. <laughs> uh, I love that organization. By the way, it's a terrific organization that looks at it from a global standpoint. Well, Sa- Sally Wagonmaker yep. is the president yep. now, and she's got a wonderful firm. Yep, here in Chicago. Sally's been on a couple times, and she's given given shared her uh, advice in this area. How difficult is it, John? You know, uh, in the practice of law, because it's. Uh, you know, my experience has been, and it's just my experience has been, it's uh, not necessarily the most uh, God-loving place, you know. <laughs> and uh, and I know there's different practices and all that kind of stuff, but what, generally speaking, what, what do you see the climate out there as far as law goes and, and this whole, you know, structure of Jesus being, you know? Well, well let me ad- answer that for a, a broader audience. Okay. Because I've had clients who've been Christian, mm-hmm. and they said to me, well, it's okay to be a Christian as a lawyer. You probably can do that, but try being a trucker and a long haul trucker, uh, <laughs> and, and having to deal with the, the regulators and uh-huh. and and the police. And then I had another one who was a banker uh-huh. and said, "Well, sure, you you can do it as a lawyer, but but uh, banking is different." <laughs> And, and I think you know the, you know the truth of it is that yeah. God makes it a challenge mm-hmm. to live for Him, whether we're a fisherman, mm-hmm. a lawyer, uh, wh- whatsoever we do. But He also makes a way. Yeah. So yes, it's tough, but I I do find a, a measure of respect, and that people see Jesus in what we're doing, and we have an opportunity to share the gospel in so many ways, uh, mm-hmm. directly and in the ways we, we approach judges, write our briefs, 
Right. Yeah. Um, deal with opposition lawyers who mm-hmm. come in angry. And of course, we've got everything up on our website, mockbaker.com. Mm-hmm. So uh, these days, every time you get a new case, you look up the other lawyer and try and figure out where they're coming from and, and mm-hmm. what their skills are and whether you can work with them or not. And they do the same for us. And if they do, they're going to see our testimony. Right. And they're going to think, oh, Maybe I can work with this guy or hmm, one of those. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what are we getting ourselves in for here, right? John, you in your career, you've been very successful, and you've had some uh, some major things that you have instituted, haven't you? Both in legislature and some other things that you've you've taken on. uh, By the grace of God, I think I think the 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 biggest uh, success we had is in authoring and originating a new religious land use act, Mm. which is a a federal law, which changed the paradigm Mm -hmm. of uh, when people want to get together and buy a building to worship in. Mm -hmm. It used to be in the 70s and 80s, well, uh, you don't have any particular rights because that's not covered under free exercise of religion. Ah, Really? It's not part of religious exercise. Religious exercise at that time was considered, well, if you're going to get baptized or have communion and so forth, the state shouldn't interfere. Mm. And the regulation uh, shouldn't come from the state, separation of church and state. But you can't keep it that simple. Right. Coming together to worship, to sing, to have teaching, to have fellowship, uh, to do that, it's integral to have a place to meet where people mm-hmm. can hug each other and listen to each other and right. and pray with each other and and uh, have Sunday school and, and all those things. So our uh, our litigation was stressing that this is part of religious exercise, and a number of courts were saying, "No, it isn't. Mm. It's just <clears throat> like everything else. The churches have to get uh, the same criteria for zoning." And we said. No, it should be treated as the state shouldn't get involved and keep them out unless there's a very good, and the legal term is compelling, interest right. to, to say you can't have a building at, the, at, a, at a particular location. Mm-hmm. And uh, in fact, we prayed it in. We, mm-hmm. had, we litigated for a while. We had a group that uh, prayed it in. Mm-hmm. And God did a miracle wow. on, <laughs> on one day. Really? We got the entire package, which had been stalled by the enemy <laughs> and opposition, in one day, it got approved unanimously by both houses of Congress. Wow. Never happened in major litigation, yeah. I mean, excuse me, major legislation. Right. You can read about it in the book Jesus in the Courtroom as the right. f- the full longer longer story. People say, "How could that happen?" And I'd say, "Only through <laughs> God. God." I love it. <laughs> hey, we're here with John Malk of Malk and Baker. Uh, listen, we want you to text in today at two two four four zero four nineteen eighty eight. And John has agreed to give us two books. One book is Jesus in the Courtroom. Another book is Book of John uh, or Book. Uh, or Paul on trial. So we got uh, the book Jesus in the Courtroom and Paul on Trial. So text us at 224-404-1988 with the keyword lawyer, okay? And uh, 
We've got some really great stuff out there on our website, faithmarketplace.com. You want to go out there and visit it. We have all the podcasts for six years now, almost 600 interviews. John will be 601 maybe. I don't know. I haven't kept track of it. But we're going to be right back with John Mock. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with my special guest. In case you've missed it, uh, this is terrific because this gentleman here knows the law and he also is the defender of uh, religious rights, uh, namely uh, street vendors or street evangelists, right? And yes. uh, zoning rights, uh, some of the areas that your practice takes in. Um, also, what else? What are some of the other areas? Well, sometimes we work uh, with church splits, which uh-huh. is uh, painful, mm-hmm. but it's a great ministry if you can bring healing where a congregation is divided against itself or wants to leave a denomination for one reason or another, and, and we can do that uh, peacefully. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we do pro-life work. Yep, pro-life. And, uh, I know that you've done quite a bit of that work, too. So... Um, I always like to I like this question, John, and because of the simple fact that as at our advanced ages, <laughs> we we can ha- look back. We, we, over bo- some we things. both have gray hair for, <laughs> yeah, for, for those who pro- can't see. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, <clears throat> the uh, the question is, you know, what words of wisdom would you give into your younger self? Wow. Well, I I I'd, I'd have to to think about that. I guess I would be more relaxed and less <laughs> intense okay in allowing god to work because i i just felt that if i added my intensity to whatever god was doing that would be the best way to get results but uh perhaps because i'm getting older or perhaps because i've seen that god does a lot more than i think that he'll do Right. He doesn't need my help as much. He needs <laughs> he, he needs my cooperation and submission. Right. And uh, th- that can be done uh, done joyfully instead of uh, really, you know, as a Christian, you try and figure out what God wants, and then I f- figure out what He wants, and I'm going to go bulldoze it ahead <laughs> uh, rather than than learning not just to seek God's will, but in terms of objective, yeah. But how you get there, yeah, that's great wisdom. What uh, who inspires you? I mean, you've had a, a nice long career in in the, in the legal profession, but who inspires you? Well, I, I've had two mentors uh, ah. primarily. Okay. Al- al- although I, w- I would mention um, my pastors, uh, Dave Handley and Ray Hilton, mm-hmm. at the First Presbyterian Church of Evanston, that both. Uh, shared a lot of wisdom and teaching, right? Uh, but there've been two two Jewish ministries which have helped helped me learn a lot. Uh, one was Jan Moskowitz that we right. m- mentioned earlier, earlier and he right. he taught the Bible study for um, many years, about mm-hmm. thirty years that we had in our office. And uh, the other would be Dan Gruber, a man I went to high school with, wow, in Highland Park High School, mm-hmm. and he became a follower of Jesus, and he is. A leading messianic author, hmm. uh, one of the, probably the top uh, three or four, and I've been on the board of his his group for for years, and I can call him up and ask questions, and uh, 
<laughs> he always t- <laughs> he always tells me how I'm wrong, and he's always right. And I, <laughs> I, I, I think my batting average of arguing with him is about w- went one in ten times that I can so win the argument because he knows the scriptures <laughs> and he knows the Hebrew, right. and that's great. You know, I love it <laughs> yeah. when I can figure something out. <clears throat> that's great, John. Especially that's got to be a little bit frustrating uh, being an attorney, which does litigation and everything else. How you you know have the the uh, skills of that, right? Uh, you've honed over the years. Yes. <laughs> but yet, uh, when you get around wise people that have the learning, you know, and well, the capacity to be able to make, share it in a way that you get it. It's like that aha thing, right? Well, b- biblical scholarship and, and these men who've taught me the Bible are a lot like lawyers. Mm-hmm. You have to interpret different laws or different things that God has said, different scriptures. How do they go together? Are they contradictory? Should they... Should they be reconciled, and how do we reconcile them? How do we prioritize God in seeing all of this? And right. and so they're very symbiotic uh, ministries, which is why right. I started talking about Jesus, right. the lawyer, mm-hmm. Jesus, the law professor. And I think, and my hope is that he's teaching the whole body, and I'm seeing signs of it, uh, to understand that the source of all law isn't the Constitution. Mm. It's God who created this earth. Now, he blessed us with the Constitution, but it's, mm-hmm. it's, not in, it's not infallible. But a lot of people are intimidated by the law without realizing that it must conform to God's purposes and trying to understand God's purposes. Have we got too complicated in this country with the law and all, to, uh, and all the laws we have? Oh, abso- absolutely. When we lose sight of where does law get its authority from? Right. Is it because people uh, say so? Mm-hmm. Well, well, look, uh, Germany had laws and people obeyed them and they said, why should I uh, go to prison uh, because I followed the law in, in rounding up the Jews? Mm-hmm. Well, there's a higher law. People recognize it there. They need to recognize it in, in the United States too. There's a higher law than uh, killing our children before mm-hmm. they're born. Right. And that is that they are created in the image of God, and we need to protect them. You know, the other thing too, John, I, I guess it's just, a, again, an opinion for myself, but there's a moral law. And, and I think that's one of the areas that we've gotten really off the track on. Would you Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Sure, Which we were sure. talking about that higher, higher calling. Uh, it's something that, you know, um, yeah, I mean, when you think about uh, the found, country was founded on Judeo-Christian beliefs, right? Yes, and, but there's always there's always a tendency, whether it's in the city council or it's in Congress, or whether it's in religious groups, to mm-hmm. make up our own law that's different from what Scripture says. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's when we get confused because we start creating new laws and we have new definitions and and we forget to link them to the authority of right. what is good. Right. Well, God is good, and the, a young man asked Jesus about that, and he said, "Only God is good." Mm-hmm. So everything, every definition of what's good isn't what's written in the law; it's what's written in our hearts by God, and that that is a moral law. Yeah. Does that come up a lot for you? I mean, when you have to sit there and argue a case or get into something, how much do you sit back from that and really look at what's moral, you know, morally proper or ethically, which doesn't in the law? 
Well, it always comes up in analyzing Mm -hmm. and working with a client and saying, where do we want to go and what position are we going to take? Mm -hmm. It doesn't necessarily come up in the way we present the argument with the other side or with the judge. We are always trying to think how to move people towards God, Mm -hmm. but we don't hit them with the vast philosophical um, uh, issues that that underlie the law. We have Mm -hmm. to deal with the particular legal problem that's presenting yeah exactly uh you know what are the challenges that you're facing in your practice today well i think it's one that a a lot of businessmen face it's discipling Mm. because what the lord has laid on our hearts as uh, with my three partners Mm -hmm. uh, and and associates is that we need to teach and train other lawyers uh, and teach them how to teach others that's why I've written these books, and uh, we've had four paralegals go on to law school who are now lawyers. Oh, that's wonderful! And they're you know that's they're practicing wonderful. law, serving the Lord, and and hopefully they'll disciple others. That's Jesus' discipleship model. Hey, well, listen, we want you to text out here two two four four zero four nineteen eighty eight, and give us the word in that text, uh, the keyword lawyer. John has been gracious enough to give uh, two books away, uh, one book on Jesus in the Courtroom and another book called Paul on Trial, which is really fabulous. Everybody that texts in is going to get a church legal checklist, and you really got to get out there and check this out and check out John's uh, website. What's the website address again? Malkbaker.com. And it's spelled, what's Malkbaker? M-A-U-C-K. <laughs> there you go. B-A-K-E-R. <laughs> there you go. And .com is spelled .com. <laughs> he's spoken like a true lawyer. He's got to make sure he's got get, get it all right there. Uh, but you want to get out there and check that out. Um, you know, John, it's fascinating, your practice and what you're doing, because uh, this takes a lot of courage, doesn't it? I bet you have st- had to stand up to a lot of criticism, haven't you? Uh, yeah, and it took more courage to begin with. Right than it does now. Okay. Now it's just it's just natural and, and, and people have to deal with it. If they don't like me, that's that's okay. I can love them back. <laughs> and uh, I, I've learned by faith and by experience that sometimes you can love your enemy and you win your enemy over to right. to, to the Lord. So I, I, I don't get discouraged when somebody comes on real real real, real angry. Real angry. Hey, listen I know there's something that's kind of cool, funny, and interesting about you. Why don't you share that with the audience? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love the new Malkin Baker hat. New Malkin Baker hat? It's a baseball cap. It says Malkin Baker, and it's pink. And it's pink. (laughs) (laughs) And and I can wear pink. Uh, I'm a heterosexual, Bob. I don't care. I love pink. (laughs) That's great, John. I love it. So the the ball cap is it, huh? That no, but in your bag, come on. You got you got special hobbies and interests now, other than that. Something that somebody wouldn't know about you. Well, I I I, I like to fish. Ah, there we go. I, I'm just back on a vacation and teaching my grandchildren, uh, f- four of them, how to how to catch a little fish and throw them back, and that's oh, that's wonderful. Uh, that's. that's that's a thrill. I love Sudoku. I do Sudoku. Sudoku. Oh, there you go. Every, every day. Do you really? Yeah. Wow, are you Sudoku master? 
Uh, <laughs> the publishers tell me that because they sell me these black book, but, uh, black black belt Sudoku is. The, I love it. Uh, black I, belt Sudoku. <laughs> so I, I when I open the book, I do I do get a rush. <laughs> <laughs> hey again. You're listening to Faith Marketplace uh, Radio here at AM 1160 every Saturday, noon to 1 o'clock. We're going to be back with John Malk uh, from Malk and Baker. Also, get out there and check out his radio program, uh, Lawyers for Jesus, every day at 2 and 6.30 in the day. Got a terrific program out there. And John's going, John and I are going to roundtable and spitball. Uh, do you realize how your work affects others? We'll be right back. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here again our last segment of the show. Do you realize how your work affects others? Right out of Proverbs for Business uh, by Steve Marr. We've been uh, using this book now for, it's a great devotional, a work week devotional for business issues and all that that lays scripture to it. And uh, basically, a man will be satisfied with good, uh, good by the fruit of his words and the deeds of a man's hands will return to him. Proverbs twelve fourteen. Uh, I picked this one with for us, John, because of your profession. A lot of people don't really realize the ripple effect and the kind of things that you're involved in. How that does impact other people, doesn't it? Well, it surely does. Mm-hmm. And people have a fear of law, and they give attention to law a lot more than um, a lot of other things that that affect them. If they have to go to court. They've got a knot in their stomach, mm-hmm. and uh, they get a summons. Uh, boy, that, that that can give them uh, that can give them a headache, and and of course, many of the legal uh, interactions that people have are stressful: Bank- right. bankruptcy, sure, uh, divorce, mm-hmm. uh, criminal law, and 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 so lawyers are associated with that, and and they they affect them, but also uh, in the areas where I work, religious religious liberty or commercial law, or real estate, uh, there are many many ramifications and interactions. Do you have to litigate much, John, in your uh, practice? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, now, uh, mm-hmm. like most lawyers, when I practice change, I didn't litigate for. Maybe the first twenty years of my practice, ah, and now okay. I litigate all the time, and I love it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think the Holy Spirit helped me because I was kind of a conflict avoid, avoider as a young lawyer, like a lot yeah. of a lot of Christians are. They want right. to make make peace and avoid conflict, mm-hmm. and they see those scriptures about being a being a peacemaker and a, agreeing with your adversary and settle quickly on the on the way to court, and they're all true. Mm-hmm. But they can be taken too far because we don't want the stress of standing up to people and standing up for the truth or standing up for our rights or the rights of others. Mm-hmm. And so then we settle too quickly. And then when I read Acts, I think it's 15 or 16, where Paul was thrown in jail and it, uh, uh, with Barnabas, and they were they were singing the songs, and uh, God intervened, and you had the uh, the big earthquake, and the, mm-hmm. the jail fell open, <laughs> right? and they walked out, and, and uh, instead of running away, he, he led the jailer to the Lord, and instead of just leaving town, like the town officers and leaders said, well, now get out of here, Paul, he said, 
no way. You're going to escort me out, but first I'm going to go to Lydia's house, and people will see that that it's okay to worship Jesus. And he <laughs> he insisted on standing up for the law and insisting the Roman law was you you can't beat me without right. a trial. Yeah, and they had done that. Yet he forgave them, but he held them accountable by what he did. And also Paul and I mean John and Peter. They were ordered not to speak in the name of Jesus. They defied the law. Yeah. They said, we're, we're not going to do that. And so I realized there's a place and a point where we need to stand up, and God has given us the courts mm-hmm. to enforce the law, and we're not to be under the law, but as American citizens, it's we the people have established this, our duty as rulers of this country, and I'm speaking to every citizen, mm-hmm. is to vote and to use our God-given authority to bring justice. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes that's a uh, that's a battle. So yeah, the long, long answer is yes, I do litigate. Yeah. I love it. The other the other thing too, John, particularly in your practice uh, with uh, abortion, say you know the unborn. Um, that has a tremendous impact, doesn't it? As far as uh, when you think about. Most genocide that's been done in this country with the unborn, right? Well, it's it's heartbreaking. Yeah, and we do litigate in that area to to say even with Roe versus Wade, mm-hmm. uh, we won a, we won a case for a crisis pregnancy center that was being put out of business because the city didn't want them to give free ultrasounds out uh, to young women who who could inform themselves, and we turned turned that around. And we said uh, Roe versus Wade protects a woman's right to choose. And even though we would go against that decision, we mm-hmm. used that decision to say, and, 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 the, and the judge ruled that a woman needs to be fully informed. Got it. Okay. And, and, and therefore, we used the law to protect young women who might otherwise have abortions so they could see their child. And frankly, Abortions have gone down across the country. Thousands of lives have been saved because women have viewed the ultrasound of their child in the womb, and it's no longer just uh, some some cells, pe- yeah, pe- put together. Uh, uh, right. So that's that's how that's how we get into to these difficult things and try to make the best of the situation. Right. Now, obviously, that takes a a, a really um, learned perspective to be able to position that, right, as far as uh, the law. Yeah, no, experience helps in thinking about these things. And then uh, the scripture says, in a multitude of counselors, there is wisdom. So that's why we have all believers at our firm so that we can get that scriptural wisdom. But we we consult each other and other religious liberty groups and, and, of course, our pastors in prayer and, and ultimately consulting the Lord. Hey, in the quick amount of time we have left, just give us, a, again, be brief as you can. Tell us a little bit about these two books we're giving away. What was, what was the premise of all that? Well, Paul on Trial is is the story of what was Paul charged with okay. in the book of Acts. Mm-hmm. It's a book of Acts that's laid out from a Roman legal perspective okay. because it's written to Theophilus and uh, those who have read it have agreed with me in my identification of who Theophilus is okay. a high-ranking Roman official charged with investigating on behalf of the Emperor Nero. Uh, so what were the charges? What were the defenses? And what are the implications for us? Is it just 
something that happened back then, or does it have a real impact for our faith? Jesus right. in the courtroom is mm -hmm. about Jesus, the lawyer, mm -hmm. the teacher of the law, the law professor, the counselor, the mighty counselor, wonderful counselor, uh, and how he wants to be Lord over the legal system and every area of our legal practice. Okay. John, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you and seek your wisdom and your advice, how would they do that? What's the best way? I, I, I'd go to the website, mm -hmm. maukbaker.com, and then there, there's a place there to contact um, and uh, send in your question, or, or, uh, or they can call 312-853-8709 okay. and, uh, and talk to me or leave a message. Okay. Tell us very briefly again, what's the show about? You're on AM 1160. Uh, Lawyers for Jesus is about people whose lives are intersecting the law and faith mm -hmm. and, and how that can help us, uh, each listener, uh, participate in bringing justice here in the U.S. That's great. You've had some really impressive uh, uh, guests on the show, haven't you? Well, we, we try to get people who will be edifying, who will we'll talk about practical things that, that folks can do to, to help bring, bring justice and help protect the unborn uh, or help uh, further religious liberty, uh, land use, uh, zoning, all, many different, different uh, areas like that. Well, listen, we want you to get out there and get the, uh, one of the two books that John has said. We talked about them both, Jesus in the Courtroom and Paul on Trial. We want you to text 224-404-1988 with the keyword lawyer. And everybody, every listener, has a chance to get a church legal checklist. So get out there and give us a text, and we're going to get that stuff in your hands. Uh, John was sharing with me earlier some of the church issues and some of the things that they can do out there to help churches also. So if you're a parishioner, think about that, how you might be able to get these guys engaged in helping the church. Uh, this is Bob Lambert, Faith Market Replace Radio, over Saturday, noon to 1 o'clock here on AM 1160. Check us out next Saturday, noon to 1 o'clock. Thanks for joining us for Faith Marketplace Radio, here to inspire, equip, and encourage Chicagoland's Christian business community. Faith Marketplace is on every Saturday at noon, right here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Listen to past shows anytime online at faithmarketplace.com.